Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of slaying the dragon, rescuing the attractive air, saving the town, and you still have to buy your own drinks. <laughs> All right. A dragon that should get you a lot. That that should get you enough money to buy drinks for a while. Yeah. Welcome to the TriTech Games Podcast. This week, we are talking about heroic play and why isn't it something that seems to be in most games? Fringeworthy, a unique trait shared by so few, a gift or a curse, to those that can transit a portal accessing the extra-dimensional network, a pathway to a million million portals to a million million other worlds, worlds filled with terrible wonder or shocking beauty populated by denizens other than human and motivated by their own values. A creation of a race so advanced the physical laws of the universe became not barriers to their own creative drives. Will you shoulder this burden and step onto the paths for your world? Adventure in the million million worlds of Fringeworthy. Fringeworthy is a role-playing game by Tritech Games. Available at TritechGames.com Come explore the worlds of Tritech Games. Explore the worlds of Fringeworthy. My personal opinion is that you cannot achieve the level of heroic play that you're looking for if you don't use the carrot primarily. Uh, let's talk about how to promote heroic play. We've already mentioned a few things. Okay, The first thing I want to mention is don't give rewards for killing, but only for achieving goals. Okay. Yeah. There should never be a benefit to a person, you know, well, we, we killed a rat in order to go up a level. You know, you, you get one less than the experience you needed to go up two levels because you had some too much experience in D&D. &D. And, so, and so everybody would come to me and says, okay, so now the adventure is over. Can I go kill a rat for one experience so I can go up two levels? And I always said yes, but in fact is, is that that doesn't promote heroic play. You want them to go out there and do heroic deeds. That's how they're supposed to gain that one experience point that they're missing, not just kill a rat. Now, we say, we say okay, now we're talking fringe right now because there is the one other thing that gives you even more, ben more experience, and that's killing Meller. So when we say killing, we're saying we're not including Meller in this. <sighs> Well, I think what John's trying to say is that <laughs> yeah. the infected Meller are such a horrible, vile, yeah. being heroic and honorable and doing the right thing. The infected Meller are such, there is no rehabilitation. Knocking them out, at the, if you can knock out an infected Meller, first of all, rock on. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to come back. Killing a Melor is such an intrinsic part of Fringeworthy because of the threat they pose as part of the story that, yeah, you are doing the multiverse a favor with every Melor you kill. So, yes, I can see why Rich said, yes, for the purpose of this game, killing Melor, here's some experience and here's some for dessert. Because yeah. they are they're irredeemable in every way, shape, and form other than, you know, the cure that we've mentioned previously. 
while I would agree that it's that in most cases it's necessary to kill a Meller, it 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 works against that heroic play because you for the very reasons we just mentioned. Um, if it's especially if it's the least Meller or something like that of the animal intelligence, yeah, they're nothing but vermin, dangerous vermin that need to be put down. But as soon as you get up to the point where they are intelligent, you know. Is, you know, it, killing them is a huge loss of information and resources that that Fringeworthy, the IDET teams, really, really needed, especially in the early part of the campaign. Yeah, okay, agreed. But if you're playing, what is it, Master, Great, and High, if you play those properly, they're not going to give any information unless you're outrolling them which in that case you're doing R-O-L-L playing and not R-O-L-E playing. Yeah. If you're playing that high-level Melor right, he isn't going to give information for nothing. As a matter of fact, he will do everything to lie his butt off to make sure that these guys don't get an upper hand on him. He has yeah. been plotting and planning and being putting Machiavelli to shame for at least a thousand years. And then yeah. here come these groups of humans with a bunch of firearms, and they think they're going to outdo him? Yeah. I mean, if it's a master miller, he's been doing it for probably longer than we've been civilized. Well, no, that, that's what I mean, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, for instance, you're coming in, the Mellor War has been over for a thousand years. So any yeah. of these high-level Mellor that, that you're going to run across, they've had at least a thousand years since the war ended, and they're still plotting and planning and being, you know— one-upping Machiavelli. Yep. And then you're going to sit there and just succumb to people who've been out on the fringe paths for a few months or maybe a few years. You, you, you're not going to get information from him. I mean, it, it ends up being dice rolls that might get it. Yeah. So I'm just saying, usually a master Melor, even then I, it's like, no, I some. If you have a clear Machiavellian enemy that's clearly identified, the implacable enemy, of course, yes. I mean, you know, all, heroic fantasy is full of them. They're the evil black knight in the castle that must be defeated, right? But at the same time, is is that you know you can run into situations where someone can be accused of being a meller, for example, and if they know about them, and that can cause a witch hunt. And you can see an entire an entire town fall upon itself because of everyone being afraid that each other is the, is the is the enemy. Well, yeah, that's why it, that's why we put in D twenty is like no, we're not going to tell the people of Earth Prime that there are Meller out there. That's a closely guarded secret of the of of Unita because if it gets let out that these things even exist, you know how human the whole men in black line about people and a person. Everybody yeah. thinks that their neighbor's a xenophobic, you know, shape-shifting psychopathic killer. They're not even going to mention it to that. That's not even going to get past Hatsumi. That's going to be, uh -huh. no, the fact, the concept of the Mellor doesn't leave this space. Yeah. I was actually thinking it more when you're actually out on the mission on another world, you know, you have to be careful because, um, you know that that you can't always assume it's going to be easy to identify them. Well, yeah, and, and we we talked about various ways of them defeating the the detection methods. So you know, I, I'm just saying is that there, you, you sometimes you 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 don't try to kill. You know, because there's always a chance you could be wrong. Uh, there's always a chance that somebody could be a tool of somebody else. You know, a Meller could take the form of somebody, act like a Meller, and then change into somebody else. And then that person comes walking in and everybody falls upon them with sharp, pointy knives because it's the Meller. Look what he did. We have, you know, visual confirmation. And then after the stabby stabby ends and you see that he's not churning into a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. So heroic play sometimes involves you know, risking, you know, um, 
and I'll take it back. I actually thought cause I, in the, I think the earlier editions had had experience. And now I'm looking in the uh, the last uh, standard uh, standard rules edition. Uh, you got more points for outstanding aid, three thousand points. You only got half that for outwitting monstrous creatures. So in this case, you know, uh, but the thing is, okay, but that kid could, is that, I, when I hear it's like outwitting, I'm thinking of the Doc Savage solution because he never killed, I think he only, only killed like three people in the entire series. He would set things up so they would kill each other. You know, Mission Impossible style, where the, where the bad guy is is off, is not off by the IMF team. It's all, he's off by his own minions type thing. And I'm thinking that would, that would count as outwitting. We didn't kill him, but uh, he's dead anyway. Uh, that sounds very situational, John. I'm sorry. Uh, what's more important here wasn't that he was killed by his minions, but that you know you didn't just go in and kill him like someone shooting Hitler. You caused his entire organization to implode. That's a even if he had survived, this would have been a much better solution because. Uh, the, the overall result would have been much more positive to the people that they were the, who who he and his organization were oppressing. You know, let 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 the let the evil king you know live his life in exile. Okay, as long as he has no kingdom to you know to, to use to 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 maraud the surrounding countries. Yeah, and the thing is, you know. As we always said, the Miller will never be the person at the top. Of, you know, if they're, if, especially if it's a sterile Miller, he's never going to be the guy in the the guy in the globe chair painting the white cat. He's going, and he won't even be the uh, the worm tongue character who whispers evil things in his head. He's the next guy back who basically, you know, does, you know, Simon Wernton's uh, bed and mentions a few things back and forth, just enough to get, get evil going, you know? Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. He's cute. Yeah. It, basically he's not a main, he, he, he does his very, does very well trying not to be a main character. He's trying to be a background character. So we should do our best to not give, not to reward killing, but instead for achieving goals. Now, the goals might require killing, and if they do, so be it. But it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a reward in and of itself. We don't need to feed the, the, the monster, as, as Trav, you mentioned. Uh, another thing that I thought of, of doing is the idea of karma points. And this was used in the um, uh, Marvel superheroes game ah yes but it can be used in general across the board fallout also the has fallout karma points so, the fallout series has a karma system yeah and, and likewise and you you can easily adapt the fate the uh, fate point system in the benny system in sandwich rolls and and fate and fate core or fate and fate accelerated to do the same thing bennies in savage worlds are the equivalent of karma points Okay, because you're giving them, usually you're giving it toward them, you know, promote playing their character well, which is hopefully a heroic thing, or you're they're they're pro progressing the game, and you give them for that too, and you know, uh, sometimes you just give it because you want them to be able to play do awesome things in the next scene, and you know it's going to be hard, so they need lots of bennies to be able to achieve that. Okay, I I, I think I have something like that for. It could be used for the OGL. Now, many of you longtime listeners know I am a huge fan of the Second World Source book. It was an advanced, it's for advanced D20 players. It was uh, written by Stephen Palmer Peterson. And he came up with a concept called influence points. And basically, you could translate 1,000 gold pieces into an influence point. Now, with influence points, you can do things like buy magic items. And they had a, a chapter in the book called Favors where, oh, if you spend three influence points and make like a DC-20 diplomacy check, you could do something like an arrange a meeting with somebody important. You could give influence points as an extra bonus. Let, let's say you manage to defeat, let's say you kill the dragon. The king you know, gives you 
I'm looking for the term, a letter of mark, which in game terms, you could define that as, oh, look, every character has gotten a three IP reward with this letter of mark, which means you can use those three points points later on to gain favor elsewhere. Like, well, yes, I have this letter of mark from this king. And, you know, through the game mechanics, you can sit there and say, well, this letter of mark got me in the door to talk to this guy in the next town because they know us that we killed the dragon and we have this letter. So influence points is another way for, like, karma points to further reward your character for doing something other than killing. You could, you know, solve a problem in a town. And it'd be like, in real life, a letter of recommendation. Let's say you do good at a job and you decide to move on. Your boss, like, writes you a letter of recommendation for your next job. To tweak that into a D20 game mechanic, that letter of recommendation is maybe one IP point that you can use to further yourself, either enhance your character or, you know, gain some further benefit down the road. A karma point should be significant. Okay, it shouldn't be like, well, you got these and, you know, if you get like 10 of them, you can buy a cup of coffee. It'd be, it, sh- it should be, in, you know, depending upon how the game system operates, it should provide a significant benefit to you when you wish to spend it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, basically, Benny's and Fate do that because they allow you to do things like, uh, you know, Benny's allow you to sh- uh, uh, stop yourself from dying. I mean, you can spend them going, I'm going to spend, a, I'm not going to roam, spending a Benny to stay alive at this point, you know, and things like that. And the uh, fate points that you do re-rolls or even uh, alter the actual fabric of the game if you can justify it. So, yeah, that's different. Uh, you're talking about that letter of mark. I'm, make, make sure if you do give letter of marks to your players, don't do what Cardinal Richelieu did. Don't sign it to bearer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, the point is, is that, you know, this, this basically says you're the king's man or the king's woman, okay? And that means that people who hold their loyalty, their fealty to that king feel obligated to uh, to do for do what you ask them to do because you're supposedly, you know, representing him. And so therefore it would be disloyal, it would be even treasonous to not do what you're what you ask them to do with you when you have this letter of mark. So that's a very very powerful thing uh, if it, you know in certain circumstances now the equivalent in the modern day because as i said you know player characters i mean they're loyal to their team then they're loyal to the nation they came from unless there's reasons for them not to be loyal and then they're loyal to to unita at that point uh so i and that's way a lot of my players i mean basically the americans were americans and the russians were russians and if if someone from the Politburo, if someone from the from uh, uh, Moscow came and said, "Well, you need to do this," uh, he has to decide: Do I do this? You know, do I try to sneak something back? Do I try to sneak something here? So, in, the, in a way, that's another that's a modern day version of that letter of mark that is, you have a duty to your nation. And how that duty is defined, it really depends on how your nation define, how you how the character of your nation is. I would imagine, and yes, I imagine for our Russian listeners, and we do have a couple. This, you know, it's pretty much the same sort of thing we would imagine Americans would feel. You know, that we have a, you know, our, our first thing is make sure our nation survives. You know, and after that, we worry about the rest of the world. After that. You know, and it's that's something that those those are role playing those are role playing cues for 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 players to, to you know deal with the fact that okay we have we you have a truly truly worldwide team you know there's no one from the same continent you know and 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 they all been given orders by their home governments how do you work that out. Yeah, but but that's that's not what we're talking about here. Well, yeah. I mean, you're talking about obligation. We had a whole podcast on it, John. Okay, we're talking about how to promote people to do heroic play. Okay, so, you know, I, I mean, and the letter of Mark was a way of doing it because it made them feel like they had a secret weapon. 
that they that they could go and try for something much bigger than they n- normally would try for because they felt equipped to do so. And when people reacted appropriately to that letter of mark, it just fed that concept that we are doing. You know, we are empowered. We are gonna. You know, we can achieve great things, and that's a great tool. I think that is a wonderful tool, and it should probably be used more in, in our game. Uh, we were using uh, uh, Stephen Wallet's uh, uh, Clockwork Drama cards. And some of those cards are very, very powerful. Uh, they can literally ch- change not only the scene, but the whole direction of the adventure. Okay, uh, It doesn't necessarily promote heroic play. Okay, But what I was thinking was is that you know, instead of saying, okay, you have a point, okay, um, then... Um, you know, which you can then use as a D6, you know, to your success roll or s- something like that. You might instead say, here's a card, okay? And, you know, and and whatever the, you know, and, and the card can be used like that where you can use it to promote a success, okay? Or you can flip it over and, and do what it says on the other side of the card, which might be to allow you to seduce the, uh, you know, the, the king's heir, or to um, you know somehow come to an agreement with somebody who is you know the the head of the of a crime bureau okay a, a, you know a crime organization I mean you can whatever the card says you're able to do and then every time that they do something like that where you want to give out one of these karma points instead you give out a card and they start building up a a a, a pool a possible you know actions which hopefully you're directing in a heroic fashion and then they can and they feel again equipped to do so uh, this is a way I see of rewarding that and if they don't find a card useful to them at all then they can still use it as I said to okay well you just want to boost you know a, uh, a die roll for a success of something you're trying to do then you can throw it in for that and and that way they get the benefit of both things something I did in my campaign and I think I should probably bring it back because I enjoyed it and it promoted Okay, heroic play as far as what you might see in the movie. Now, we all know these. We've seen them. I call them win moments. I would think the best example would be Superman 2. Daily Planet staff is getting slapped around by Zod and the other two. Luther's there. Superman flies up. General, would you care to step outside? Something that a hero would do, his moment to shine how he would go about doing something. And in Pathfinder, they and like D20 Modern had action points, Pathfinder has hero points. You get three every level. And you get one back by like completing a story. You gain one by leveling. Um, I allowed to gain a win point, uh, a win moment hero point. If you use it and it works, you get that point back. Uh, an example in the Maze World game that I ran, our one gamer, Brian, played Ghost, KGB-trained assassin with shadow powers. He basically shadow jumped from one shadow to another, and as he slid on the rooftop and did this, pulled out his rifle and did a, a, a kill shot on the enemy. And, I mean, it was irredeemable enemy. This isn't, you know, like, oh, we have to sit. No, he was. So granting hero points for spectacularly heroic actions. And, I mean, these are the hero points that, like, in Pathfinder, what is it? Before the roll, you get a plus eight luck bonus. After the roll, if you decide to use it, but before you find out, pass or fail, you gain a plus four. Or if you spend two at one time, you avoid certain death. Those moments, having the heroes actively do heroic things. Things that like the self-sacrifice and all that. Extra hero points in the midst of gameplay would be a really good that I've used that, and I, I'm personally thinking I should probably bring that back to a game or two of mine to promote the wow factor, the, oh, he is heroic because he did this and this, and yeah. I just, I now realize that came to mind. I forgot all about that when we are talking about rewards for heroic 
goals. Um, I'm trying to think of something else. There was another game system I'm blanking on. They had something else. It'll probably come back to me later. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about cards, because there are official addendum to the uh, Severus Rolls are the adventure cards, which are a bit like the like the Clockwork Drama deck. Uh, they are they definitely have in-game things and yes they can change change how the game plays especially when they introduce a uh, a bad guy you didn't have planned for I, I have that i've had that happen more than once where that cards come up and there's means i have to now include a, a new bad guy who's 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 whose target is the person who has who's played the card at that point so yeah they 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 they, they, they can be a bit random and it's not like what you're saying Bruce. Is you want to come up with a like a heroic play deck where you get more of a benefit if you do the if you do the I hate to use air quotes but the the right thing and you get some benefit if you just use it to do whatever. Yeah, the if you do the heroic, you know, sacrificial thing, then that you know, um, you know the the goal the goal oriented thing, then you get more than if you just simply. You know, but I mean, but those things cause, as you said, those when you flip the card over, there's complications always involved in those cards. You know, which is which is increase, increases play, but this you know, but at the same time, is that you still can can you can go for a bigger effect with complications, and this is kind of like your uh, fate thing also versus just a simple bonus. And uh, D and D, I think, did it wrong because they had you know. Uh, I don't forget what they they weren't bennies they were act I don't they, they they had tokens that they would give out and it was good for what one d six and you uh, but you had to put it on the action before you made your roll and if you still failed then you lost it and it was all wasted okay to me it's like you should only play that when it makes a difference yeah and thinking about you know setting goals because that's what that's why that's one thing I do like about burning wheel. Uh, you have you have three goals for every session. One is a long term goal. This goal is going to take may may not even be touched on at the end of at the end of the current campaign arc. Then you have two goals that you you should be able to do in that game session, and they're they're sort of your guy. Okay, I, okay, I want to do this. I want to do that. And they're and the GM will help you tweak them so that they're more more he, so he can actually can make sure you can do them or not. So they you see so have these two like two pers two this session goals I have to do, and they may not necessarily be you know kill somebody. They may actually be sometimes rescue this person, or 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 find out what happened to the to the to the lost scouts, and things like that and. That you get rewarded for hitting your goals at at the end of the session. Uh, that there's no in-game, you know, you know, bing, level up thing because Burning Wheel doesn't do that. Burning Wheel it takes time to get your skills better, and if the session really covers just two days, that's not enough to boost your skills unless you uh, get get use a lot. Use one skill a lot in the in the game, and there's ways to track that. But still, they have a way to at least set. You can set goals, and if you, it, but you know, like you said, but there's no mechanism to make you set heroic goals, and there's no mechanism to set self-sacrificial goals unless you're unless you're getting tired of the character. No, the, the GM and the other players have to promote that idea. Again, this is the, this is part of the group contract where we're saying we're playing a heroic game therefore at least one of your goals has to be heroic okay or we have a heroic goal for the game and therefore at least one of your goals has to support that goal okay just kind of like that same thing actually now that having said that i, I realized that in one game we ended in a cliffhanger but i was in a burning i was inside of a burning building and i knew i had two people i had to rescue and I basically the next the very next session I had to decide who was who I was going to rescue from that burning building at that point. 
And so I had to set a goal. And my goal was to rescue, rescue my apprentice the best I could, unfortunately, which I did. And uh, the other guy actually made it out himself, but still, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had to set a goal that where, yeah, I'm in a burning building and I could potentially be caught and killed in this place. So, yeah, I was able to set a self-sacrificial goal. Uh, but that was set up in the previous that previous session, so uh, it's kind of hard when you when you start a session to set goals for yourself that can be self-sacrificing because you have no idea what's going on. Well, first of all, you have to allow rewards for sacrificial actions, okay? Because most games, you know, they if you do sacrificial things, I mean, maybe from you know, there's no real benefit to your character, okay? Um, in the sense that it 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 there's there's no mechanics involved that allow them even to occur okay because initiative you know a lot of times says this is you're going to go in this order no matter what you know and if the bad guy has initiative over you then he's going to kill you no matter what you try to do so you know i'm saying the, the things need to change you should allow sacrificial actions to occur it should be possible for somebody you know, if someone says, I'm shooting so-and-so, and he pulls the trigger and he, he, he fires the bolt and he hits some square in the chest, there should be the option of another player taking the hit, okay? Because that's, you know, that's the heroic thing to do. That's what that, that person has sworn to protect that person. It fulfills those you know, those goals of being heroic and, and protecting whoever it is. You know, you're shooting the king. Someone should be able to throw themselves in front of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say, actually, you know, there's a game where you can do that. There's rules for you to take the damage and not the other person. And I can't remember which game it is. In D20 Modern, if you take the bodyguard um, character, you can take the damage for someone who's standing next to you that you said you're watching over. Yes, yeah, I remember that that prestige class. Yeah, I remember that class feature. I remember which which game it is. It's it's actually one of the it was in one of the variants of Apocalypse World. One of the things you can do is you can help somebody, and, and helping somebody includes taking the bullet for them. And and this should also be possible for one of the lieutenants of the bad guy to take the bullet for the bad guy because that's also part of heroic play. Yeah. Like I said, it also depends on, on the game system you're playing. Like in Apocalypse World, the GM doesn't roll anything. So it's all story. It really is story driven. So for the bad guy to take it, you really have to roll bad for the bad guy to take it. So in this case, it's uh, you know the, 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 the trusted bodyguard to take it instead of the bad guy. But that's. John, you're making my point, which is that the system shouldn't get in the way of you doing this. Okay. If the, if the system's getting in the way of you engaging in heroic play the system needs to change yeah what i'm saying is that the helping someone out is something you do after they blow the role so if they blow the role defending themselves you can say i'm going to help them how i'm going to jump in front and you make the role if you succeed you take the damage instead of they do instead of them at that point so it's it, it it's it's so you can do after the fact, not prefix. right and that and that and that's my second point which is that you have to allow out of initiative actions because that's what you're saying you're saying is it look it's not my turn but i'm going to take an action anyways because i'm doing this to you know to to protect somebody to i'm, I'm doing a noble act and we, you know we've everyone's agreed that when someone does that then they get to take a turn out of initiative now it doesn't mean that they necessarily get a bonus turn unless they're spending a karma point or something like that but you know because what they're essentially doing is that they're borrowing against their own act, future actions in order to do it. But the point is they still can do it because it's the noble, heroic thing to be able to do. And I like the idea of characters being able to borrow actions from other players. Uh, one of the games I was in uh, with Sean Fannin, uh, he gave us all like 20 you know, uh, hero points. And we were, we could use those to increase our chances, and we and we asked, "This is can we pull those?" And he said, "Sure, you can." So the very first combat we had with this ancient red dragon, my character basically took all the all the uh, the hero points from every other character in the team and boosted his attack up like over a hundred percent, 
over 100 points higher than it would have been to destroy this dragon on the first round. Now, Sean Fannin then said, oh, yeah, well, that didn't happen. <laughs> Which to me is like the ultimate negation of heroic play because we were, he just didn't want the game to be over in the first round. But we were like, we're, you know, we're using your system and we're doing, you know, we're, we're basically all throwing in to, you know, make this guy be successful. And, uh, you know, and that was not rewarded and it should have been. I mean, maybe you didn't, you know, if he was so adamant about not ending the game on the first round like that, then, okay, the, the monster has, is forced to flee, at least, okay? But he doesn't just shrug it off and say, yeah, yeah, yeah that was a nice try, sorry. That doesn't work on me. Uh, it sounds like he played with people who didn't cooperate very well, which is why he never thought that everyone would, would pull the points and then, and then do a mega boost on one person. Yeah, I, I, think, he, I think he had a, an adventure planned and we were short-circuiting it. Yeah, it reminds me of reminds me of the first time some guy ran. It was at NovaCon. He ran he ran his own home home brewed Lord of the Rings miniature game, and someone read the rules for eagles and said, "Okay, eagle, I, I hop into eagle with a ring, go to Mount Doom, drop it in, game over." And the guy just stood there and he went, "What? No, up, up, up!" Yeah, I I did something similar because I was playing a paladin who had a ring of telekinesis. And I, I, I said, okay, how much weight can I lift? I can, weigh, I can lift like 300 pounds. Okay, so if I lift weight 300 pounds up 100 feet and I drop it, well, for every 14 pounds, I get a dice of damage. And for every 10 feet, I get a dice of damage. Okay, and now I'm doing 30 to 40 dice of damage on anybody I drop a rock on. It may take me two rounds to lift it and drop it, but that's a lot more damage than I could possibly do by myself. And the guy's like, you're the paladin for crying out loud. You're supposed to be in the front of the battle swinging your sword, you know, doing whatever. I says, I'm doing more good here, doing this. And so, you know, the GM, you know, the next time he ran the scenario, he eliminated the item. But it, to me, it would have been better for him to say, well, if you're not in the front of the battle, your men are going to lose heart and they're going to lose morale and they're going to fall back because you're not up there in the front you're in the back as some would see as a craven coward and so even and then i would have been like okay i i understand i have to be up there and do this okay let me give the ring to somebody else like the wizard or somebody and then he could be doing it so and that and that would have been fair but you know i'm saying you can't nerf people you know uh doing things that are very very effective but but you should still promote them to do heroic things if it's appropriate to their characters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, when I was creating some characters for, uh, it's a game I ran called Magic Police. Uh, it's, it's set in a quasi-medieval setting, you know, blah, 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 blah. But they, one character was a battle mage and said, so I go out, you know, one guy should tell you to throw fireballs. No, you're a battle mage, which means you, you're, you know, the guy who goes out and starts throwing fireballs, you're the one who walks up to the archer and say, uh, let me have that arrow. Flight of the flight of the you know, flight of the phoenix. Bow the strength of the strength of Diana. Eyes eyes of an eagle. Take him out. <laughs> so you you're a big buffer is what you were. Yeah 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 basically and you know he can fire an arrow that breaks the sound barrier at that point. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, I point out that the, 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 the battlefield mage is best used not in the front lines, in the back lines, you know, cast, you know, casting uh, uh, toughening spells on the catapults so they don't break and things like that. You know, you, you go in front, you'll be peppered with arrows. Yeah, but I'll bet the player didn't realize that when he first read the description battle mage. <laughs> but for example, allowing a character to burn resources to achieve success. Okay, if you, you know, you, you need, somebody's got like, you know, super high magic resistors or something, I'm going to burn my, my wand, okay, and I'm going to produce this humongous fireball that's going to defeat his damage resistance. And so the GM would say, okay, you burn your wand, you negate his damage resistance, go see what kind of damage you can do to him. And, you know, and, and that's a sacrificial action because you're burning a resource, all right, and it's you know in order to achieve that end, and that's something that somebody who's trying to be heroic would do. And Tritech system did this; they allowed Cyan magic characters to go negative in power points. 
Okay, if they needed points that they didn't have in order to, you know, to, to do that last, you know, to do something that they really, really needed to do, at which point they would probably collapse in exhaustion or brain burn, or they might even lose their ability to use their powers permanently or for a period of time, but they let them do it. And that's important that there was a mechanism in place to allow people to go beyond their their um, normal limits in order to do great and wonderful things. Yeah, I can't remember if Savage Worlds with their PowerPoint system actually have that negative burn or not. I don't think they do. It does not. I, I, I want to say there's another game system out there where magic users or si- size can go negative, but with somewhat disastrous results. Like, but I can't remember which system it is because I, I know I've played it. I just can't remember what it is. I am actually right now looking for a PDF. It is about it, it and it was made third person for or third party for uh, OGL. It was for magic users being able to temporarily go above and beyond their normal spell capacity. And with my luck, I probably won't be able to find it here. But basically, that's what it was about, where you could sit there and, like, I think it was either sacrifice a spell slot or some such, and you got extra power. Hero System allows you to push powers. Oh, yeah. You take stun as a result. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's and, right. And, yeah, and even and even bodily damage if you push your stun in the, too far into the negatives. So yeah, it, it had that too. So Hero System did have that. I think it might have been PDQ with their Hero System had a, has a, basically you only had so much power, but you could trade you could trade something for it, just for power, but it was it was always bad to do that. But I can't let me remember, guys. It's been such a long time I played PDQ. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I was looking to see if Cyrun had that or not. Uh, Cyrun's another game with Cy, with Cy, but I don't think they did. They had a, a very wicked, basically it was fairly uncontrollable. Basically, every roll was 50-50, you were going, going to control it or not at that point. So yeah, it, it was a, a fairly weird system. Now I can't find it, I'm not going to go dig for it. As we mentioned earlier, give bonus experience for heroic play. Now, it, the heroic play needs to be specific rather than just the GM saying, I really like the way you played, so I'm going to give you another 100 experience points. Kind of like at the end of, uh, of Harry Potter, when all of a sudden they came from behind to win the cup, you know, and I'm, <laughs> which I'm sure, you know, the Slytherin people were like, what the heck? <laughs> Slytherin was winning, you know, but there's extra points that hadn't been accounted for. So bravery and for, you know, uh, you know, provide, you know, providing extraordinary support and all these things that they did during the adventure, the, the, the adventurous part of the movie that was behind the scenes. They all got points to, you know, Gryffindor got points for all that. And everyone, I'm sure everyone was just kind of sitting around going, who and not everyone may not have understood what it was that they did, but the headmaster sitting there giving Gryffindor a ton of points, and they're all going, "What the hey?" You know, so you know, I, I think that if you're going to do that, you know, you need to be very clear as to what they're getting points for, and it'd be better if they got them as it happened, you know, uh, in the game, because again, that would reinforce heroic play by giving them an immediate reward for what they had done, you know, rather than waiting till long after they'd made all these decisions to say, oh yeah, you did the right thing, so I'm giving you this bonus. So I, I don't like that. It, I don't. You know, that's the problem I have with story awards and things like that is that they tend to provide the carrot way too late. If you're trying to promote people's behaviors, the GM needs to give them other kinds of things like the support of the people that they are championing. Okay, you know the the key to the city. You know uh, a base that's being, um, you know provided for out of the budget of the city, better equipment, um, you know, security clearance from, you know, the president that lets them, just like that, that thing of Mark, you know, something that lets them, you know, do their jobs more effectively. Those kinds of things will promote people to do, want to do those 
actions, those good actions, those noble actions, those heroic actions, rather than just, you know, well, okay, now that we've done all these things, we're now still living in this, you know, burned out uh, uh, warehouse and we got nothing. You know, we got to rebuild everything now because we, we, we lost it all in the last mission. It's the equivalent of, of the Khan giving you the keys to the Imperial City. You know, go around, look around, tell, let me know what is wrong with my city so I may fix it. You know, it's like, okay. But also afterwards, after you've done this great service, you know, getting knighted. You know, there was a reason why people got knighted, okay? It was, you know, it was a reward or duked or, you know, whatever it was. You know, it was it, 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 for services provided, you know, and, or, and also to keep that person to continue to support you. You know, a, a smart ruler would say, okay, we're now going to make you one of us, you know. Um, even the ultimate, you know, demigodship. You know, if you really, really, you know, supported a god then being raised up into the the lower ranks of, of of his realm that's that's considered you know a worthy not necessarily gold but a worthy reward i don't think anybody ever i mean i know in dd people would do it but i'm just saying is it to me it never seemed to be something that one would aspire to you know unless you truly were evil i'm going to become god himself you know but that's what one thing my players started doing because they were recording everything, they would take out nice bits and they had their own YouTube channel, and they would they would you know one of the characters of uh, Bert uh, Bert Ilsel's character whose name I can't remember, um, sorry Bert, uh, played this Russian character who always got into fights. He never you know, but he was more like he liked he liked the wrestling over the hurting. And he got into a wrestling match with with the uh, with Mongols, and he went into a boxing ring with Sherlock Holmes. Oops! He he, he won one, he lost the other, <laughs> and he fought Velociraptors barehanded. Okay, well, you know, I, I mean, those those videos when they get to YouTube, okay, if they are. You know, I, I mean, I do realize that people like to watch car crashes on YouTube, but I think a lot more people like to watch those people are awesome videos. You know, so, you know, if you bring up, you know, if you're showing video of the great deeds that you've done and people are, you know, you know, pay you or sponsors are getting behind you, then I, I, I can't imagine that not motivating you to do those kinds of things more. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, especially. Well, it will definitely get attention. I mean, basically, people knew them. I mean, they were you know, it didn't help. It didn't hurt that one of the characters, um, um, uh, Todd Zerker's character, his wife was a his wife started her own Philippine talk show. But th but this is the opposite of what I was talking about earlier when you were talking about people wearing all the body camps. If it's just used as a kind of a you know supervision, okay, well we saw you did this, and so we're going to give you X number of demerits, okay. But otherwise we don't reward you, then that's the wrong use of it. But if instead it's you know you, the 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 you, all the wonderful things that you did gets put out, you know, as you're you're the face of IDET. You're you know we are this is the face of 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 earth prime out there on in the multiverse you know when people think of earth prime they think of the people that come and help the people that are there in their time of need you know the people that they can count on you know those videos that's you know that's really going to make people want to do those things but when your character becomes known as an honorable person and this is again something that the gm has to do um you know, who, who upholds these kinds of things. It should have a benefit to that character. Um, you know, when you go into a parlay with some, with, with, with evil creatures or bandits or whatever, if, you know, they should have heard of you and therefore they're willing to parlay with you because, you know, not just because you may have the ear of the king, but because if you're, if you, if you make a deal with them, you're going to uphold your part of it. You know, as long as it's a good deal, that's good for, you know, for, so like, for example, as they say, well, I mean, um, you know, I, I hate to use the Crusades because, you know, of, of but I mean, they, they came to criminals and they said, look, if you, 
you know, will forego your evil ways and join the ranks of, of the Crusades, then you, you know, your evil deeds will be forgiven, and you can st- you can come back with a, you know, with a uh, with a new life. And you know, I, I don't want to talk about what what really happened with the Crusades, but the fact is that that idea that you could you know go up and say, look, he says you're marauding all these things. Well, how about instead of doing that, we instead hire you to patrol the borders and you will get a stipend instead. So instead of you going and, you know, attacking settlements and and, and dying and, and, and then we end up with less resources and the settlements get harms and they can't provide the very thing that you're attacking them for, then why don't we, you know, uh, do it differently? They might be willing to listen to you. Maybe you know, they may say, "No, no, uh, we're ours is the barbarian Viking way. We pillage, we burn." Okay, well then that's what happens. But it's, if it is instead a, a group of people that are making the best they can, you know, they've gone the bandit route because that's the best way of making a living that they could find, and then nobody else was willing to give them a job that would give them a living. Well, okay. They've proven their strength. They've proven their their bravery. They've proven their effectiveness. Well, okay, now let's put you to work doing something that's better for everybody. Being able to get that ear where the doubt is, is, is given to you. Your fame as a noble character doing noble things should help. And if you've shown mercy to your enemies, to the people you've defeated then there should be situations where you're shown mercy. You know, you, you know, did not kill my brother or my nephew when you had a chance, so I will spare your life. You know, or I will, I will send you away with only a, a beating <laughs> or something like that, you know. Uh, or, or we will allow you to pass this one time, but if you come back, we'll kill you. This is Bruce Sheffer saying... There are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons license. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, cause we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.